This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. To greet on this holy altar. Good afternoon. <laughs> Hallelujah. We celebrate the goodness and the grace and the power of the Most High God for the privilege he has given to every one of us. We also want to celebrate our pastor in the house and our pastor mommy, our pastor and pastor Mrs. Bailey. Thank you, sirs. Thank you, ma. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate the leadership in the house. Ministers of God and all the workers in every department, and especially, especially, especially the organizing team of the Couples Fellowship. You are just amazing. Thank you. Come on, please put your hand together for them. Sister Rebecca, the GO, where is it? Okay. I didn't know we have two GOs in Namibia. Mean, you know, I think we should have one in every city. So all the team, really, really, we celebrate you. You are just talking to Brad George in the morning. You guys are just fantastic. You are just fantastic. If not because Pastor Chris is my brother, my friend, I will have appealed to the higher authority to transfer you to London. You know? But I can't do that. I won't do that. I'm just saying that if not because it's me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm here with my wife, Pastor Susan. Please celebrate Pastor Susan. Amen. You know, she's a very shy person. I don't know how God brought the two of us together. I am extremely shy, and she's very shy. She didn't look at those people. Did you see her face? Say no. <laughs> Did you see your face here, please? Uh, oh, honey, come on, let us see your lovely face. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Really, really, it's not my fault that I marry a beautiful lady. It's God's grace. Really. Yeah. And when you have something good, wouldn't you want to show it off? Did you see her face or you want to see it again? <laughs> you will see it after service. Even now, you know the place is dark. I know after service, the whole light will be on. Then you will see what God has done for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Maximizing the power of the presence of God. I am maximizing the power of his presence. Maximizing the power of of his presence. Today is not a day of great sermon. I actually, I felt so strongly that God said to me, simplify it. I already have a, a different topic. I love teaching and examining the world, but I just felt so strongly, simplify it. Don't go into deep, deep, deep thing. Let the people of God know the simplicity of the world. Let me tell you something, brethren. Many, many things that we think are difficult, they are not difficult. What we actually need is knowledge. And that the presence of God is in this place, there's no doubt about it. If anybody doubts God's presence, just come in here and sit down and listen to those wonderful, fantastic testimonies. It will be somebody who has made up his mind to be a fool, who will query or question the presence of God's power. I'm telling you. Some people can decide to be foolish. You know, sometimes foolishness 
may not be a personal decision. It could be because of ignorance. But some people, after they are already exposed to some knowledge, they can still decide, I am going to be a fool. I will not agree. <laughs> For it is only those people who will know that there is no God here. But those who are intelligent enough to reason, they will know God's power and presence is here. And you have just begun. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now let's go to the story we read in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. Can we have it on the screen, please? Just, we're not going to go into the details of that story about the prophetic word and everything. We just want to bring out some lesson from that story. The hand of the Lord came upon me. The hand of the Lord came upon me uh, and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Let's just leave it there. Don't take it away. No, no, just verse 1. Okay, the hand, verse 2, verse 2. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. That's okay there. Ezekiel had a dream, a vision. Let me tell you something. In your own case, you don't need to see a vision. If you see a vision, it's just extra. You already, what Ezekiel, Ezekiel must have a vision. The prophets of old, they must have visions. Somebody asked me why. Ask me now. Because they never had the scriptures. They never knew the mind of God. They never knew his purpose. They never knew his counsel. They didn't know God's agenda and timetable and program. So each step of the way, God has to reveal himself to them in a distinct manner so that they can write it down for you. Of course, God can show vision. He still does. I mean, I married my wife because of vision. Really, really. God showed me a vision. I went to somewhere to pray, asking God who to marry. Pastor Chris did the same, so don't be looking at me as if. <laughs> that, was, that was what we used to do in those days. You will go before God without any sister in your mind. You call it empty, empty of tabula rasa. Just empty space. Nobody, unlike today, when you have dated two today we, we never did did you date if you date if you have dated then i need to have reported it to ours we, there was no dating in those days. you just go before god with empty heart and you are saying lord see my heart i'm not lusting after anybody i have no girlfriend i have no boyfriend i have sisters and brothers none of them i'm not dreaming about any of them that's how you go before God. And you will pray and fast. And pray and fast. And wait on God for we don't know for how long. Had mercy. And then God can now decide through enemies. Including dream or vision. And for me, I'm not gifted in vision. I'm not like Pastor Chris. You know, Pastor Chris, his middle name is Revelation. <laughs> some people, some of us, we have to sleep to have vision. Here, he can just sit down and be seeing vision. Because that's area of his gifting. But for me... I'm not used to seeing vision. But God showed me vision. He showed me a deep revelation about two, three times. And the consequent result of that vision is that I'm happily married after about 25 years. Hallelujah. 
I thought you were going to put your hands together now. I don't need to tell you that. Put your hands together, brethren. Hallelujah. So it's good to see vision. But she saw her own vision first before my own. She was in London. She was praying. I don't know how God... I didn't even ask her, how did God minister to you? God has already ministered to her that I will be the husband. <laughs> you know? Hallelujah. And she said to God, say, God, I'm in London. This guy is in Nigeria. Go and talk to him. Guess what? God traveled to Nigeria. And he came and, and he told me, that babe is your wife. And God has to speak to us in a very supernatural way for us to agree. She has a reason for not wanting to marry me. Not because I'm ugly. I mean, I mean, will you, I mean look, just, just looking at me. Wouldn't you think I just dropped down from heaven? I mean, I mean, really. And not because I didn't love her, but there are so many things that could hinder her from getting married. But God broke that through visions and revelation according to his desire. He didn't have to be that way. Are you following me now? That's just extra. So, brethren, please listen. What God put in my heart to tell you is that if you are a Christian, there is an already presence of God in your life. If if that is the only statement I can make here, I'm satisfied. And you get it. Please look up. It's good to have visions. It's good to have revelations. It's good to have prophecies. They are part of God's wonderful blessing for us. But even those visions and revelations and prophecies have to be subjected to the authority and the authenticity of God's word. So that if they don't fit into God's word, what do you do? Put them in the bin. So that means we already have the greatest prophecy, the greatest revelation, the greatest power of God in God's word. And God said in many places in the Bible, for example, in the book of Hebrews 13 verse 5, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Say after me. God said concerning me. God said concerning Say it again. God said he, will he will never leave me, leave me. nor forsake me. Forsake. Therefore, Therefore, his presence, his presence is, always is always with me. That's the first level of God's presence I want you to know. And as we are praying, God gave me a word. I don't know whether it's word of knowledge or prophecy. He said, when I said to them, in the book of Mark chapter 16, when I said to them, I will be with you. I will, I mean, he said, I will not withhold my presence from you. He said, I will always be with you, no matter how you feel. Brethren, do not subject your Christian walk to how you feel. The problem, one of the major problems we have about the knowledge of God's presence is we are depending on feeling. Until we feel goosebumps, until the gray of your hair, some of us, until the gray of our hair begin to stand up, wow, I really feel His presence today. It's good, but you don't need that. If you have that, it's an addition. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, you will be surprised what God said there. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16, please, let's have it on the screen. I know we know it, 
1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Oh God, please give us revelation. Please look up. God said, do you not know that you are what? Oh, see, it, see it on the screen. See it on the screen. Let's read together. I want to go. It's a question. Is that not? Maybe it's a rhetorical question. Shouldn't you have known that? Or why are you behaving as if you are seeing an offer or a pauper in the realm of the spirit? Why do you still live your life in fear and, 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 and despondency as though you are your own? Why do you still allow fear and trepidation and anxiety to take over the best of your life? Why do you still lose your sleep? Why are you still full of anxiety? How come you are losing your sleep? How come you are having a headache? How come you are having all this turbulence in your life? Don't you know that the almighty God lives in you? Hallelujah. When you catch that revelation that God lives in you, you are sorted. You didn't hear what I said? You will go with God's presence. So one of the ways to know and to enjoy the reality and the consciousness of God's presence is to believe the scripture. Believe what the scripture says about you. And what did he say? From what you have just read, what did, what did the Bible say about God's presence? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. God's presence is where? I can't hear you. Do you always feel excited every morning you wake up? Eh? Who said yes? Every morning you're always excited. Ah. Is there anybody like her? That's every 20, 20, 365 point what? How many days make, how many days make it? 365 point, point two five. You're always happy when you wake up. You're always excited. Apart from her, is there another person like that? Because me, I don't always feel excited all the day. I know Pastor Chris is always at me, at me. You know, Pastor Chris is half human being, half angel. I don't know how my pastor cope with that, so I won't be looking at her direction. I mean, at his direction. But these people, you are my colleague. Am I right? <laughs> all of us here are human beings. Am I right? So you don't look at extra human beings. Yeah. Is there anybody here who is always feeling good, excited all the time? No? But you know what? Your life is not based on feeling. The problem is that as Christians, we have restricted and limited our life to how we feel. We walk by heart. I really don't feel good. Does it matter how you feel? God said, whether you feel good, whether you feel bad, even when you feel defeated, even when you feel you have failed, God is in you. Did you hear that? So the greatest manifestation of God's presence that you can ever enjoy is to be aware of the fact that in every circumstance is with you. Did you hear that? Oh, wow. I wish I could preach better way for you to understand. But God instructed me, make it simple. I said God is in you. Say it again. God is in you. I can't hear you. God is in you. Say it for the last time. God is 
tell somebody that's revelation. Hallelujah. There are so many people in the Bible who are conscious of God's presence. God just told them, I'm with you. Example of them was Moses. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 6. And from the beginning of the journey, God said, my presence will go with you. I will give you peace. That was all. And the man took three million people from Egypt to an uncharted course. For 40 years journey, they lack nothing because of only one revelation, the presence of God. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, God said to Joshua, don't worry, you are going to fight, but you know what? You are going to fight against so many enemies, horrible, wicked people, but one thing is sure, I will be with you. Let me ask you a question. Was Joshua always hearing God's voice all the time? Did he always hear the voice of God? Did he always feel goosebumps? Did he always feel tall all the time? Did he always feel happy and excited? But whether he felt happy or excited or no, what will he do? He will go and do what God asked him to do because God said, I will be with you. I'm here to announce to you by the Spirit of God this morning, thus says the Lord, I am with you. I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Hallelujah. So how do we maximize the presence of God? That's a lovely story. I would have loved us to read apart from the story that we read in Ezekiel 37. But in Ezekiel 37, that man maximized, verse 1, the power of God's presence. Number 1. He was in the spirit. Brethren, please look up. Every Christian can be in the spirit. I will give you two, three, four instances how you can be in the spirit. You know, it was, Ezekiel was not always in the spirit. That's why he recorded this. He said, the hand of God came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. There was never a single person in the whole Old Testament who was always in the spirit. Not, not one of them. Am I right, sir? There was never a prophet. There was never a priest. There was never any great man of God. Not even the class of Elijah, Elisha, those miracle workers. There was never any of them who was always in the spirit. They were just ordinary human beings. But anytime there was an assignment to do, the Holy Ghost will come upon them and use them and speak to them and do mighty miracles to them. And then after the assignment, the Holy Spirit just go into the cooler and they remain ordinary human beings until another assignment will come or they need to speak and the Holy Spirit will come. But we have a better testament. In the New Testament, we can always be in the Spirit. You didn't hear that? As a Christian, the Bible actually says, walk in the Spirit. The Bible says we should live in the Spirit. The Bible says we should pray in the Spirit. The Bible says we should be led by the Spirit. So our Christian walk is a walk in the Spirit. Listen, even our behavior, our attitude. Thank God we just had a, a, a couple's program. Even our relationship with our spouse can always be in the Spirit. Everything we do as Christians can be regulated and empowered 
and directed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you one or two ways how to do that. In the book of, first, in the book of John 6, 63, John 6, 63, Jesus said, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The word I speak to you. What are they? Please look at the screen. Let's read together. It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. How did Jesus describe his word? Come on, let's read together. How do you describe the word of God? The word of God is what? And, it, and you, know, you know I'm not preaching to you. I want us to get it together. What is the word of God? Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Say it for the last time. Jesus. So how do you walk in the spirit? If the word of God is spirit, and many, things, many times we hear some big, big topic in the Bible. We think it's difficult to understand. Are we, are, are we happy today to understand this thing in a very simple way? Jesus said, my word is what? Spirit and Come on, what is the word of God? What is the word of God? And the Bible says we should walk in the... So how do we walk in the spirit? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. So is it difficult to walk in the spirit now? So anytime you want to walk in the spirit, what do you do? So anytime somebody offends you and you want to react and you, you refuse to react in a bad way and you go to the Bible... What does the Bible say I should do? And you began to start and shout. The Bible says, oh, don't pay evil for evil. Rather, do good to those, to your wife, who didn't give you good food. <laughs> That's working in the spirit. You didn't hear that. Your husband, like most men, not all men, very nasty. He really behaved badly to you. And you want to give in to show that you have not taken your mouth to the dry cleaner. You want to prove a point. And then you study the Bible. The Bible says, no, honor your husband. No matter what he does. And then you say, ah, if not for Jesus, I will have given him. What have we just done? I can't hear you. Say it again. So is it difficult to walk in the spirit now? So when you walk in obedience to the word of God, what are you doing? And when you walk in the spirit, what will the Holy Spirit do? He will be with you. So one of the ways to enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit is to obey God's word. You didn't hear that. Like the place I quoted to you, Jesus said, Behold, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. And in the end, he said, Behold, I am with you. Listen, the disciples did not even need to pray again for God to be with them. The moment they obeyed God's instruction, because in Mark 16, 20, can we have it on the screen, please? Let's see what Jesus did. The moment you obey your own part, Jesus will do his own part. Mark 16, verse 20. Jesus said, and they went out, that is, the disciples went out according to Jesus' instruction and preached everywhere as they were commanded. And what happened? The Lord walking with them. Because Jesus said, if you go, I will follow you. Please listen, brother. Jesus said, if you go, I will follow. So, when they refused to go, what will Jesus do? 
Jesus will stay. When they obey Jesus and go, what will Jesus do? When you do God's will, you are provoking God's presence. When you obey every instruction, you know why? Because the word of God is the carrier of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Wherever the word of God is, God's presence is there. When you saturate your life with the word of God, his presence will be there. When you are sick, you have two options. Keep on complaining, keep on whinging, keep on being bitter, keep on asking questions. But why me, oh God? As if you are better than those who are sick. But why me, oh God? You have the right to be complaining. You also have the opportunity, like our sister, tune into the world and begin to listen. You have opportunity, like our sister, start on God's word by his stripes. I am healed. I will not die in this sickness. I will live. Will you provoke God's word? When you provoke the power of God's word, his presence will be released upon your life. No matter your condition. Hallelujah. So what am I telling you this morning? I'm telling you in a very simple way. This issue of God's presence is not difficult to attain. I'm sure we'll be taught so many things. You can pray. So what can you do to God's word to bring his presence? Like Ezekiel, you can prophesy. Ezekiel was in the spirit of God. The presence of God was with him. And the Lord said to him, prophesy. Listen, brethren, you don't need to be like Ezekiel. Ezekiel never had God's word. You already have the word of God. You can decide to prophesy how long? When can you prophesy? Come on, look up. Look up, brethren. At what time as a Christian can you prophesy? I can't hear you. At what time can Ezekiel prophesy? At what point in time can Elijah prophesy? At what point in time can one of the greatest prophets, Isaiah, at what point can he prophesy? At what point can you prophesy? What is your raw material for your prophecy? Why can't Elijah or Isaiah prophesy anytime? They never had the word. It was the word they wrote and prophesied that became the Bible. That means, thank God for prophecy. I believe in prophecy, foretelling, speaking directly what God is putting in your mouth, but the addition. That the Bible says we have a sure word of prophecy. The Bible calls the Bible the sure word of prophecy. The Bible says we have a sure word. So, listen, brethren, ahead of your life, the word of God has gone ahead of you. If you study that story of Ezekiel very well, Ezekiel was prophesying what will happen years later. Ezekiel was prophesying what will happen in 1947 during the Balfour Declaration that declared the state of Israel. He was doing that thousands of years. The same thing happened to you, brethren. Your life has been coded in prophecy. And those prophecies are hidden in God's word. So what should you do? Number one, be bold and be courageous. Be bold and be... When you know that your life is already prophesied, for example, the Bible says, shall be well with you. The Bible says, by his stripes you are healed. 
The Bible says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says, come on now, tell me what the Bible says about you. Hasn't the Bible said something about you? Tell me two things you have said about you. Come on, say it loud. Say it loud. I can't hear you. Let everybody prophesy now. Come on. Quiet. Let me hear your prophecy. My wife, please say something. Say something. Say something. Hallelujah. Come on, don't be quiet. What has the Bible said about you? Now, what are you doing now? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. When, the, when you know what the word of God says, you can provoke God's power and presence by standing on the authority of God's word. When you do that, God is honored. Oh, God is honored. In the book of Mark chapter 5, from verse 17. Let me see how many more minutes I have. Is it not possible for you to just make sure this time doesn't go away? Just, just, just press it so it doesn't move. Hallelujah. In the book of Mark chapter 5, from verse 17, let's see it. Then they began to... Is that it? Is that Mark from verse 17? Ah, God have mercy on us. Okay. The Bible says, sorry, Luke. God's work on I really love Mark. You know, Mark, you know why I love Mark? He's the shortest of the gospel. We call it the gospel of action. Because it was written to the Romans. That's why you will see in the Mark, suddenly, immediately, all of a sudden, fiam, 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 fiam. You know? Luke is for gentlemen like pastor. They can take their time. But those of us, Marokashi, just want to do the thing and finish it quickly. Mark is for us. Hallelujah. So in the book of St. Luke, now it's, listen to this, listen to this. Please don't be distracted. Now it happened on a certain day. Somebody say certain day. As he, who is the he there? Jesus. As Jesus was teaching that there were the Pharisees and teachers of the Lord sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem. What's the next statement? I can't hear you. <clears throat> Let me test your knowledge of the Bible. Anytime you see the Pharisees and the scribe and the Sadducees gathering together where Jesus is, what were they looking for? Come, I can't hear you. Yeah, they are the Sadducees. Very sad to see good things. Anytime they see good things, they are always sad. And the Pharisees, what happened to them? They don't see things quickly. They see it far away. So the Pharisees, and the, they gathered together. And Jesus was there. Let me ask you a question. What was Jesus doing? What was Jesus doing? So there are two, two powerful sources there. Two powerful carriers of God's power and presence. What was the first one? I can't hear you. Jesus was there. Anywhere Jesus is, what will happen? God's power is there. And what happened to you anywhere you are? You are not even responding. You are not even sure. Wherever you are, what is there? God's presence is there. So please stop being carrier of trouble. Some people anywhere they are, hey, trouble has come. Your name will change today. I used to have an aunt. Very, very complaining. The moment I step out of Nigeria about 22 years, I have no call out. I didn't even miss her. Forgive me. Because anytime, ah, 100% of the time when you see her, she will complain. So when you are going to her place, you say, Lord Jesus, I have to go to this place again. 
So the moment I saw opportunity of not calling her, I don't know, God just deleted that memory in my mind because I didn't need to be hearing horrible things. So let's be like Jesus so that anywhere we are, his presence is there. So one of the first carrier of God's presence in this story was who? I can't hear you. And Jesus said, behold, I am with you. So anywhere you are, who is there with you? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. In time of trouble and affliction, who is there with you? In time of sorrow and persecution, who is time with you? When you have lost your job, unfortunately, who is there with you? In sickness, in sorrow, in joy, in sadness, in every situation, who is with you? Are you sure? So the first source of God's presence was Jesus. What was the next source of God's power then? The word. How do you know? He was teaching. Whenever you speak God's word, his presence is there. The devil can't stand it. Maybe you don't know. Because he himself said, my word is spirit and life. Number three, anywhere you see God's people gathering together, who is there with them? Jesus. So, but unfortunately, the Sadducees were there. They never benefited from God's word. But what happened in the next verse, verse 18? Quickly. Then behold. That, that then is a conjunction in English. The story is about to change. I mean, those who gathered there, who never, who never benefited from God's presence, they were just there. The power was there. Jesus was there. The anointing was there. The glory of God was there, but nobody received anything. Then the atmosphere changed because the Bible says, then changer of circumstances came there. Those who know how to tap and connect to God's power, they just came. You will be among them. Amen. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, who, whom they sought to bring in and lay before Jesus' friend. You have to be fast quickly. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the means before Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When Jesus saw their faith, may Jesus see your faith. Amen. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribe, I've told you, the scribe, even before we read about them, already prophesied whom they are. You can tell people by their attitude. So what am I going to say about one attitude now? Tell me what I should say about your attitude. I already told you about the Pharisees. Now we are reading about scribes and Pharisees. They began to reason. See, who is this? Who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus perceived their thoughts and answered and said unto them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that you may know that the sons of man has power to forgive sins. Say unto the man that is paralyzed. What did he say unto him? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And what happened to the man? Oh my God. That's how to take advantage of the presence of God. When you are conscious of God's presence, whether in your life personally, whether you study the Bible, you read it, you meditate on it, and you believe that it's with you, or you are in a gathering, or you feel God's presence in a special way, we call it manifest presence. There's a general omnipresence power of God. 
when God is present everywhere. That's also what I call as a little theologian. I'm just calling it now. A specialized presence of God with his children. God is present everywhere. But there's also a specialized presence. I don't know how you theologian will craft that, sir. There's a specialized presence in which case he's specially with his children. There's also the special manifest presence of God when he decides to show up in a special way in your case and in my case. Can I hear your amen? Amen. So these people didn't know how to connect to the presence of God. Possibly there are some of them who are still sick, but they never received their blessing. But somebody then, the Bible said then somebody came who knew how to connect. What lesson can you learn from that? Number one, when you are conscious of God's presence, you'll be so audacious in your action. You'll be so audacious, people will think you are mad. People will think you are rude. Four people came with a, with a paralyzed man. Their intention was to bring him directly to Jesus' presence, but they couldn't. Guess what they did? What did they do? They went to the roof. Were they the owner of the house? Did you think the owner will fold his hands and say, oh, yes, cut, cut the roof? You know, there are so many silent things the Bible didn't tell us. If you are the owner, Geo, and somebody is ripping out your roof, what will you do? You will do what? He will chase them down. Possibly, those men were very aggressive and violent. Possibly, some people tried to stop them. Now, I better get out. We must get to Jesus' presence. When you are conscious of his presence, you become violent positively. Do not say, Pastor Ralph said I should be violent. Mm-mm. I said, positively. Don't go out and slap your husband. But, ah, baby, what happened? Were you not there when Pastor Ralph said I should be violent? Have I not been telling you all these years and you refuse to obey? Mm-mm, mm-mm. What kind of violence? You will be aggressive positively. You will never take a no for an answer. When they turn you down 10, 5, 50 times, what will you keep on doing? You keep on pressing and pressing because you will remember the righteous man will fall down seven times. Seven means hopelessly. Seven means perfectly. Seven means irreparably. But he keep on, you will rise up. You will not be down. Because you are aware of God's presence. So those who are aware of God's presence, they will be bold. They will be courageous. They will take some step. People will think they are mad. People will think they are crazy. And finally, this is part of what God said to me just now this morning. I felt God said, when, when God is present with us, even unknown to us, he's doing some mighty work in us. Look at our sister's testimony. Beyond the doctor's report, she said, go and, go and do the x-ray again. How did she even come to that? Was anybody there laying hands on her? She just felt, God is doing some mighty work. Let me tell you something, brethren. God is doing some mighty works in you. That's why you are still alive. Let me t- I love telling a story. Let me tell you one or two stories. About number one, how to, be so, how to take some mad or, 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 or crazy step. Like I was sharing with you jokingly, how God spoke to me about my wife. I've not seen her for two years. She was in England. I was in Nigeria. And God spoke to me, that's your wife. And I was convinced it was God. In those days, we used to be convinced. You remember, sir? Conviction. (laughs) 
So I proposed to her, and she said yes. And then we were in two years' courtship. You were talking of your wife yesterday, going to call you on phone. I think, me, me, we never spoke for, for four years. It didn't even occur to me we can speak on phone. But she said yes. She was preparing for wedding here. I was preparing in Nigeria. I went as far as printing invitation card for somebody I've not seen for four years. And I was distributing. And one of my cousins said, he said, I know you are a Christian, but this is no longer Christianity. This is madness. <laughs> said, ah, this is no longer Christian. I said, I'm not born again. He said, you are, I know you are born again, but this is no longer born again. This is now, you need, you need, you need this thing to be checked on. Why, why did I go that far? She went extra mile. Somebody she has not seen for four years. We have not spoken for, we only spoke by letter. And she just packed her bag and baggages. That's madness. But that madness has lasted for 25 years. I thought I'm going to put your hand together for Jesus. Uh-uh. What else will I say that will make you put your hand together for God's sake? So when God is speaking to you, okay, 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 okay. When God is speaking to you, and you are very, very sure it's God, take audacious step. If you are waiting and waiting until you know, I want to be 100 you will not take any step. Nobody can be 100% sure. There's always this element of hmm, supposing. But if you hinge your life on hmm, supposing, you will remain where you are. But looking at you, you don't look like those who will remain where you are. Amen. I see you as men and women of great faith. Amen. Great power. Amen. Great boldness. Amen. The next thing you will do when you are bold, you will know, like I said, God is working in you. Many years ago, when I came to this land, I, I was sick. And I, my auntie, they discovered I had malaria. And then they took me to the GP. And everybody, who oh, is malaria? Everybody was jittering. They were shaking. I said, ah, what happened? She said, oh, you have malaria? I said, uh-huh. <laughs> she said, ah. I said, well, in, where I came from, malaria is our uncle, is our brother, you know. <laughs> we sleep together, we drink together, it's our neighbor. In fact, if you don't have malaria, something is wrong with you. You know? I said, so it's not even AIDS. It's not cancer. Just malaria. Somebody say malaria. malaria. Can you imagine? And then they took me to a hospital for a tropical disease in Camden. Ah. I was their patient for almost one year. Really? I kept on going. But you know what? Where I was going? <laughs> Can you imagine? Just malaria. Then in the course of their diagnosis, Pastor, they did, I'm, not, I'm not sure I've told you this story. They discover, listen to this, they discover I need to have hepatitis B. And that it has died without anybody treating it. I went for all kinds of treatment in Nigeria. I went to some, some lab and they said I have typhoid. Ah, typhoid. Typhoid is okay. Was it not okay to be to have typhoid in those days, you know? <laughs> so when they were treating me for typhoid, they didn't know I had hepatitis. I was, I was wondering, by his grace, I'm born again. I'm not promiscuous. How can I have hepatitis? They say it could, it could be from the toilet or from the barber. Anyway, say, hey. But what, what's the point of the story? The untreated typhoid, I mean, hepatitis has died. And it was at that time, 1994, 5, that one medical doctor died of the same sickness. What killed a medical doctor died in me without being treated. Do you know how many sicknesses 
and diseases have died in you? Did you know how many times you will have caught cancer? Did you know how many times some terrible things will have happened? But simply because of the presence of God that you are not just even aware of. There is the power of the kingdom of God working in you, unknown to you. If God can do mighty work in you without even you being aware of praying or fasting, why are we anxious of the little challenges that we know? The real problem, we don't see them. The real attack from the pit of hell, if you will see them, you are likely to run mad. God doesn't show us all those. God fight our battle for us because we belong to the kingdom, because his presence with us, because his covenant is with us. How come that the little, little challenges we are seeing is taking away our sleep? Let's change our mentality. Let's be like Ezekiel. He prophesied. Can you imagine somebody prophesying, just speaking, and dry bones came back to life. And in the end, those dry bones became a mighty... You are not even dry bones. Are you dry bones? Nobody is answering me here. Oh, sorry, I'm in the pastor's room. I'm sorry. Are you dry bones? Are you dry bones? What are you? You are what? If dry bones can become mighty army, what can living souls full of the Holy Ghost like us, what can we become? You are not answering me now. Am I in the wrong lane again? What can we become? Warriors! Warriors! Unconquerable! Undefeatable! Come on, let's start to our feet. Hallelujah! You cannot be defeated. You cannot be subdued. You cannot be suppressed. You cannot fail. I said you cannot fail. Because the Holy One of God is in you. Go ahead and begin to prophesy to your life. I will not fail. I will succeed. By the power of the presence of the Holy Ghost. I invoke the power of His presence upon my life. I will not fail. I will not fail. I shall succeed. I can't hear you prophesying. Come on, keep prophesying. Come on, keep prophesying. Come on, keep prophesying. Prophesy to your life. Prophesy to your destiny. Proclaim it shall be well with you. Prophesy that you will flourish. Prophesy that you will prosper. Maposhotori malika shente lebosi. Yeke parakato. Minitarika sinte lebosi. You will live. It shall be well with you. His glory will rest upon you. His power will be upon you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's prophesy, let's prophesy, let's decree God's word. Let's prophesy. In the name of Jesus, shall be well with you. You will prosper, you will flourish. Your life will flourish. His glory will rest upon you. His power will rest upon you. His anointing will rest upon you. In the name of Jesus. Come on now, come on now, come on now. Prophesy to your life. Command every dry bone in your life to come back to life. Let every dry bone come back to life. Prophesy to your business. Prophesy to your marriage. Prophesy to your finances. Prophesy to every area of your life. Prophesy to your mind. I can't see you prophesy. Come on, decree God's word. Prophesy your destiny. Shaping your destiny by the word. 
Be bold, be courageous, be powerful. The word of God is with you. You will not go under. Your business will not go under. Your marriage will not go under. His power will rest upon you. His grace will rest upon you. His blessings will rest upon you. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. You have done your own bit. You remember where Jesus was? God's presence was. And he said he has given us authority and power to act in his name. So what you will just do now, no more prayer. You just lift up your two hands as with all grace and humility, the pastors here, we just lift up our hands to you and prophesy. Oh, you have already done your own job. You say amen. That's all you have to do. Go ahead. Thank you. Just stretch out your hands and prophesy to the congregation. Just be saying, whether you hear us or not, just keep on saying amen. Mati soto kapara kasekete ne moshe. Jipako toro manahande lisa. Zike teshke lintaraha. Mambro sonte. Ligastakali. Makuporo kaliga ne moshe. You will prosper. You will flourish. He shall be well with you. You will not die. You will live. You will excel. You will succeed. Everything that stands. Just keep on saying amen. I'm not doing one person. Everything that stands for dry bones in your life, they will receive life. In the name of Jesus, let every dry bone come back to life. Dry bone in your business, dry bone in your finance, dry bone in your marriage. Receive life, receive life, receive life, receive life, receive life. Let your marriage receive life. Let your business receive life. Let your spiritual life receive life. Let your relationship receive life. Let your immigration status receive life. Receive life. Receive life. Let the whole of your being receive life. Receive life. Receive life. Receive life in the name of Jesus. We receive God's life. Receive the life of God. We Brexit and stop. Arise and walk up. 
by the spirit of Jehovah, I say unto you, arise and work. No more shall you be held up. It's your time to fly. It's your time to rise. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Take that step tomorrow. Come on. Yes, Lord. Every dry area in your life is turned into areas of fruitfulness. No more barrenness. No more dryness. The life of God. He said the water that speaks your spirit and life. Receive life. Receive life. I say receive life. Whatever is there in your life. Come back alive. I say come back alive. Dead career is revived. Dead marriage and dying marriage is revived. In the name of Jesus. Yes Lord. In prosotoka. Thank you for Blessed be your name. Thank you for the Blessed be. Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord is upon you. It is well with you, and you are going out and you are coming in. There is a new beginning in your life in the name of Jesus. As you go out, the Lord is before you. The Lord is ahead of you. The Lord is by your side. You will never fall. You will never fail. You will rise up and you will stand up. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus. This is what was laid upon my heart. Even as I was, you know, praying right across the room. And the word of the Lord came to my heart that God is making alive every deadness in the groin. Every deadness in the groin. Permit me to say the word goes towards the men. That man that has been trusting the Lord and it's been spoken concerning him that there's deadness in the groin. This afternoon, the Lord has seen that he is touching. Remember, as we read in Ezekiel, that the bones came together. That suddenly there was a mighty noise and the bones came together. The Lord himself, we call it in that passage, that he breathed his breath. Because when all the bones came together, there was no life until he came and he breathed his breath. This afternoon, the Lord himself breathed his breath upon every deadness, every dead situation come alive in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give praise unto the Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. The Lord is faithful, is the mighty one. Oh, you are not you are not praising God. Let the heaven hear your praise specially. Let yours be louder than your neighbors. If I were you, I've got the microphone. If I were to make my laugh. Lord, receive my praise of God. Bless him who reigns forever. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Rock of Ages. Amen and amen. With our hearts knit together, let's pray for our pastor, our father in the house. And his dear wife and mother in the house. That God himself will lift them to higher grounds. As we always pray. Let their trip to Aberdeen. June, the year of our Lord 2017. Be remembered for good. That after that Aberdeen dream, this door opened. 
disgrace deposited in our lives. This advancement we experience. Jesus Christ in a place asked for the disciples to pray. Even as men of God, we require prayer. And I want you to pray. 30 seconds. Father, whatever is number one in their hearts, that they desire of you, meet them this afternoon. Come on, lift up your voices and pray. They have poured their hearts unto us. They are spoken from the depth of the treasures of heaven. It be made very simple and straightforward for us. And we can't remain the same. The amount of word that has gone forth unto us today. The one you have spoken to yourself. The one that has been spoken over you. Come on, return to return thank unto God. By blessing back him whom the Lord has used. Her whom the Lord has used. Both whom the Lord has sent our way. And your prayer shall be answered with speed in the name of Jesus. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We honor you in the life of these, your precious children. Please, Lord. I'm saying this to the hearing of your people. You know all things. When he mentioned that God felt honored, I almost wonder, can God feel honored? Actually, you do feel honored. Because the Bible says, you will honor those who honor you. So you look out for people that honor you. And so you feel it. Lord, today, you have honored you here. May you please look down and honor us. And honor us. And let your name be praised forever. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody want to make a good scream and thank God for the life of our pastor? Come on. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.